Welcome to Talaterra, a podcast about freelance educators working in natural resource fields and environmental education. Who are these educators? What do they do? Join me and let's find out together. This is your host, Tanya Marion. Today, my guest is Mindy Rosser. Mindy helps people establish a professional presence based on trust, authenticity, and consistency. She helps business owners and subject matter experts have conversations with their peers on LinkedIn. I invited Mindy to talk about how independent environmental professionals can establish credibility in their respective fields. Joining us today is a panel of independent professionals representing STEM fields, photography, and storytelling. You will hear from Mindy and myself first, then you will begin to hear from the guest panel. Let's join the conversation. Thank you all for being here. And Mindy, thank you so much for being here today to talk about credibility, to talk about LinkedIn, and to talk about how independent professionals can establish a presence for themselves. Uh, If I may ask you to introduce yourself to listeners, please. My name is Mindy Rosser, and I specialize in working on LinkedIn and helping experts who really want to become that go-to expert in their niche to stop being the best-kept secret. And so it's been a lot of fun to help people on their journeys to updating their LinkedIn profile, figuring out how to balance that sales and marketing aspect for their business, and really grow their business using LinkedIn, not just doing random tactics. So it's, it's my pleasure to be here today, and I'm really excited to have this conversation around credibility. I looked up the word credible in the dictionary, and I have three definitions. So we'll start there. One definition from Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines credible as offering reasonable grounds for being believed. Dictionary.com defines credible as being capable of being believed, trustworthy, or reliable. And the Cambridge English Dictionary defines credible as able to be believed or trusted. And so what I hear in these three definitions or what comes out, what stands out for me are the words believable, trusted, and reliable. And so that made me think, well, how can professionals, especially independent professionals, demonstrate that they can be trusted, especially during a time when we don't necessarily have physical proximity to people and and, um, you know, kind of read people in the way that we might be able to if we were in person, you know, if we had real eye-to-eye contact with them. How might independent professionals demonstrate their trust? Yeah, I think that's a really good question, especially, yeah, we don't have that physical proximity, but I think the upside to that is we do have things like Zoom. We do have social media channels like LinkedIn or Instagram or other places where we can connect with people. And I think it's looking at trust like through a new lens and like, how do we build that now versus what we used to do back before, especially before the pandemic, um, it is it is really shifted. I think even over the last decade, just with remote work becoming so prominent, more of us wanting to be independent professionals and really start our own businesses. It's like, well, how do we connect? We don't go to a workplace, you know. So we kind of have to create, I think, our own communities and our own ways of connecting to build that trust. And it does require, I think, a little bit more of a proactive approach. Like we actually have to pay a little more attention to our personal brands. We actually do have to. Engage engaged on social media, even if we never did before. Now it's kind of like a prerequisite to getting into the game because otherwise people are never going to know who you are. Nobody sees what you're doing at your desk during the day. And as corny as it may feel to sometimes share that, I think on social media, especially for me, like it feels a little awkward sometimes, but we do have to let people in a little bit more intentionally. 
than we did before. People used to just kind of see us working at our station. You know, we'd get we'd get on podiums at local events, you know, with other people getting together. And now we're not doing that. So I think it's like, how do we build that trust? And what does that look like? And I think it's it's really telling a story too. I think it's really like, okay, how do we tell our story in a way that is is accurate, that also makes sense, that communicates that trust, that shares what people need to know without oversharing, you know, or getting too personal. I think there's just a lot that goes into it. And I think people are really, some people are thriving, I think, in this environment where it's, oh yeah, I finally, especially, I I don't know, I'm an introvert. So for me, this is great. You know, like I can build trust without going to an event, you know? So for me, I think it's fantastic in that way. But I think the downside is I do miss that in-person connection. I do miss like those, you know, sitting around a table and just having a good conversation or a good meal with people that are like-minded. And so it's creating Creating that trust in a different way. I think we have to think broader and think about how we can reinvent that process. And I'm curious to hear what everyone else has like experienced in that domain as well. But it's just a really interesting and fascinating. It's fascinating to watch, I think, through an objective lens, just watching how people are adapting. But I also think it's interesting to watch and participate in as, you know, an independent professional, like, okay, let's figure this out and let's see what's working and how we can do this in a better way. What what I miss is the really small things, the small gestures that you can exchange with the person next, like sharing a piece of chocolate or something or a glance or a smile or, you know, just stuff like that, like around the conference table or, or wherever. All that says a lot, speaks a lot and helps build uh, a relationship. And anything that we do online as comfortable and as casual as we've all come with it and definitely gotten used to it it's still there's still it's this intentional but this planned staged kind of element to it it has to go a particular way within a particular time frame right yeah i do i think that can be tricky because sometimes it's I, 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 we do miss that casual element and that natural feel to it on social media can feel very contrived in some ways, or like, you know, you're, you're trying a little too hard or like, do we really need to see a selfie of you doing every aspect of your day? You know, I think some people take it in different directions. And so I, I think it's trying to figure out what is that balance and how does that contribute to business? How does that contribute to the trust? How does that contribute to credibility? And what is that happy place, I think, for you in feeling comfortable? Because you also have to feel comfortable if you're doing, you know, crazy TikToks or, you know, like Instagram reels all the time, but that's really not who you are. And that really doesn't serve your brand. And so I think we, we feel under this pressure to, to perform in a certain way. And I actually, I have something on your show. You, you can't see it on the podcast, but I have this thing. It's like, it's a dancing monkey. And every time I get into, to, up to do a live or to do any type of presentation, that's how I feel. I feel like, you know, like you're like this little dancing monkey, you know, perform, say the things that you want me to say, um, you know, but I think there's this element of, okay, how do we get out of dancing monkey mode? But also, yes, we still have to do that, but we need to be ourselves as well, you know, and that is part of the trust and the credibility. It's like finding this balance, finding this way to be authentic, but to also deliver professionally. And so I think I think we're always discovering that and we're discovering new things about ourselves each time that we give it an give an attempt, you know, whether we try making a reel and say, oh, this doesn't really work. I should probably post a different type of content. You know, maybe podcasting is a better medium for me. Maybe posting inspirational quotes. Maybe I'm like that insightful writer that likes to write, you know, or doing the 60, you know, the 60 second podcasts, you know, everybody has their own way of going about this. And I think you have to figure out what that is for you. And just because somebody is having great success, in another area or doing something different than you doesn't mean you have to copy them. It's like, okay, look and see what's working. What are some trends that are working right now? And then adjust, you know, and figure out, okay, how can I adapt that to work for me and my brand, my business and for my personality type? Yeah. I've never been big on social media, although I've had different people throughout my journey who've helped change and, you know, reframe my thoughts about it. And it really, it was, it was you, Mindy, who really turned me around about LinkedIn and made it really feel like a warmer place than it has been because I would just feel like it's just, oh, it's just a different version of Facebook. What's really there? As I go along through the work that I do, you know, especially now, relationship building is 
is, and partnership building is more and more important. But now with all this distance, I've been thinking more of how do we accomplish that? And then seems to me then LinkedIn would be a better place, at least for me and my my thinking, than say maybe uh, a TikTok or or something where there's like as you said, there's like dancing environmental educators or stuff like that, you know, doing goofy yeah. fun little fun little things. <laughs> yeah, so, I think it's finding the right channel. I really think it's I think everybody's different, but I've definitely found LinkedIn to be such a great place for connecting because we are in our professional mindset when we're on LinkedIn. And I think that's a big key takeaway for a lot of us that are, yes, we are trying to be everywhere in a sense. We want to be at least a little bit present on these other channels because people are probably going to find us and then hop over to LinkedIn if they want to have a real conversation. But I think treating LinkedIn as like the hub and then, you know, repurposing elsewhere. Um, so it really just depends on your audience too. Like, how are you going to connect with them? If they are, when they're connecting with you, if they're in that professional headspace, especially in the B2B space, you know, or professionals connecting with professionals as experts, and then that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to connect with other experts and other professionals. LinkedIn is really the best platform that I've found to do that. And in a way, when people, you know, they're not in that entertaining mode. Like when I go to Instagram or TikTok, I'm like, I want to be entertained. That's why I'm there. And if I see something professional pop across, I'm kind of like, yeah. Okay. Interesting. (laughs) You know, I want to be inspired. So I do appreciate like inspirational stuff on those channels, but I think when I want to engage, when I really want to be in that professional headspace and like, give me something juicy that I can apply to my business. I like finding that on LinkedIn. I feel like that it just, the platform, it just creates that environment. And there's something to be said, especially now, because we can't go into these different environments with other experts in our space. We can't go to a physical, physical location most of the time and have these conversations. So we have to go with what we can online. And so LinkedIn, you can create that space. You can create that space in your newsfeed just by the types of people that you connect with, the types of people that you follow, the content that you engage with. It's like you have your own little space that's right there that as soon as you log in, you can start engaging with the people who matter to you. And I think that is very, very powerful and often underestimated. Yes, I'm convinced of that now. (laughs) Thank you. Where I was not so convinced before, because really I've been on LinkedIn since 2009 and it's only been during this, you know, recent times that I've really put some energy into it or put some thought into it, gave it more attention. And so I'd like to introduce others on who are on this call with us. Joining us on our call today is Letta Golden from Letta Photography, Maria Kaufman, from the Kaufman Institute, and Diane Wiska from Quartermoon Story Arts and host of Stories from Women Who Walk, a podcast. And um, we have a panel discussion here to talk about each of our experiences as being independent professionals and establishing credibility with our respective audiences and how we've used social media and used LinkedIn or not used LinkedIn and discussing what what works for each of us. And so if you wouldn't mind sharing your experiences with establishing credibility, what have you found works for you and what have you found doesn't quite work for you? Sure, I'll jump in. This is Maria Kaufman and I too was introduced in a new way uh, to LinkedIn from Mindy Rosser thankful for a different perspective because it has definitely changed not only the way I interact on LinkedIn, but it also interacts, changes the way people interact with me. So I use her, a strategy for messaging and that has been transformative for me because really in my business, there's three steps. I need to meet people, let them know who I am, what I do, and then eventually make them an offer. But I do find LinkedIn to be this place where credibility, reliability in the form of reliability, believability, and trust is really the essence of when I sit down to craft a message and to start to talk to people on this platform, I have to take those three things into consideration. And trust to me is really my consistency. I'm just trying to show up 
on the committed times that I've committed to myself. Before I even send a message, I'll look at someone's profile, look at their picture. I'll look into their eyes that are basically reflected in this picture in order to establish that relationship. And for me, that makes all the difference in the world. When I'm more true to that practice and building relationships in that way, it's magical on how well I do connections. I get like a a 60% or greater sometimes, a lot of times, um, connection rate. What I do find interesting, though, if I just take that just a little step further is, first of all, that is is to me, I, I need to build trust in myself that I can come to this place and be consistent. And the more than I find that trust in myself, I believe that people actually resonate with that somehow. It's hard to get a, a quantifiable thing around that, but it seems to work. So... The other thing is my profile is a natural place where people, as soon as they, I reach out to somebody and they're like, who is this woman and why is she reaching out to me? They can go to my profile and it's there. I basically say who I am. Even in my message, I talk a little bit about you know, my history and, and what would make me reliable. You know, I, I'm an engineer turned life coach. So now as a life coach, I'm reaching out to other women engineers And I'll just say, hey, listen, I I stepped away from a 30-year career as an engineer. And you would think that does bring along some reliability to it. But what I have found is that people are curious. And sometimes people are a little prickly. You know, they're like, what do you want from me? (laughs) Where are you coming from? And, you know, what's that all about? Sometimes it inspires people. Lately, I have actually been getting some reactions where people are like, Oh, it seems like an interesting thing. I want to consider doing what you do. So it has really changed the nature too then of, for me, how I handle those relationships and those conversations to be really careful. And when I enter in, like totally, I have no idea what, what I'm going to get. And it's got like a box of chocolates. It's in a good way. And I just need to be open to the fact where this person just might not be in a place where they even want to get to know people. You know, that might might be true. They might be open to the services that I have, or I might be that inspiration that might drive their whole career in a whole different direction. So it really has been, like you said, credibility is really the essence to, to the nature of stepping into that platform and engaging. So those are my two cents. Yeah, thank you, Maria. Yeah, okay, so you mentioned you look into people's eyes. Okay. And so what is your feeling about images, profile photos? What moves you? What tells your body that this person is, you know, to, to reach out to them? Can a can a little profile image do that? <laughs> That's interesting because by the time I'm looking into someone's eyes and I will actually take the time to look at a profile that has no image at all. So I'm literally looking for very specific women in engineering for the most part or women in STEM fields, women in male dominated industries. So the eyes sometimes are helpful when they're available and when someone's able to put a picture on there, I think that really reflects themselves. You can really see that. So sometimes I just find that helpful, but at the same time, I'll, I will literally take the time. And I think that's it's, it's part of how I want to build credibility and to allow others to see me in a credible way is that I'm not just looking at pictures because I will engage with people who don't have a background or if they have a great a great background. It's a nice way to introduce something specific in that messaging strategy to say, Hey, I love your background. And so I think it's interesting. It's even a, a, a LinkedIn profile can be so telling of a person, but whenever I stop the judgments also around it, I can really start to make those connections and go deeper into, into humanity. I think it is, you know, you know, just, allowing those connections even to come to me. Thank you, Maria. Would anyone else like to share their experiences? 
and how you've found establishing credibility works with you and how you present yourself and your maybe thoughts about credibility that you have about how other people might present themselves. I'll give it a go. This is Diane Wisk. So, um, oh, I'm sorry, Diane, go ahead. No, 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 go. Go ahead. I worked in corporate America for a while before I decided to leave corporate America in 2019 so that I could start uh, doing my photography business full time. I've always been a photographer, but was doing it kind of part time and then finally made that leap. And so before I made that transition, I started using LinkedIn a little bit more. So the first time I signed up for LinkedIn, I just put it out there because I was like, oh, people are on LinkedIn. I guess I'm supposed to be on LinkedIn. I didn't have a profile picture. I didn't have anything else. I just put down where I worked. And then after, again, I made that transition to leave corporate America and go into my photography. Then I decided, okay, I need to really up my profile. So I changed my profile picture, created a background that shows some of my work and shows me working, and then just tried to create my about section telling, you know, who I am, where I come from, that type of thing, what type of photography that I do, which is lifestyle photography for couples. And I found that once I changed my profile and once I changed that background, I did start getting more connections as far as people recognizing me and seeing me, but not necessarily always reaching out for any type of photo session or anything like that. I actually got more people trying to get me to buy their things or to become photo editors for my photos and all these other things. But I will say that I still try to go onto LinkedIn at least every day to see what's going on. And then Mindy is the one who actually reached out to me, which I was excited about, um, to connect. Um, So I do find that I have some connections Um, not as many as I'd like. And some of the connections I'm kind of like, and Maria, I do the same thing. I do look when somebody reaches out to connect, the first thing I do, of course, is go to their page. And then I, you know, look and read and see what they're about and that type of thing. And I also look at their photo. Um, I am guilty of not connecting with people that don't have a photo up there. I always feel like they are hiding something or that they're a bot. And so I really, I will, you know, sometimes I'll look and I'm like, okay, they do have something going on. It's just that they don't have a photo, but I'm really bad at that. I'll look and I'm like, what are you hiding? Why aren't you, why don't you have a photo of yourself? I don't know who you are. Why would I work with you if I can't even see your face? And that's a trust thing for me. Now, I know everybody probably has their own opinion in regards to that, but that's how I feel, just a personally opinion about that. But I found that it has helped me to connect with some good people. I have reached out to different people. They've reached out to me. Um, So I have started making some connections. For me, what I'm trying to learn is how to get people to really trust me as being their photographer for a photo session. I feel like that is something that I kind of come up against because people look at my stuff all the time. You know, I'll get, I'll get email notifications. 97 people looked at your profile today or this many people. And then I'll get some connections and I'm like, well, nobody really wants my services. So, okay. Um, I'm more on Instagram than I am on LinkedIn. But then, you know, that's different because on Instagram, then you get to see more things about the personal side of me and finding out, you know, why I like to do photography. And then, yes, I am that silly, crazy dancing girl. I haven't done any reels or TikToks yet, but I'm on my way to that. And so, cause I have no problems with that. I, I'm, that's who I am. I am that silly, crazy girl, which probably scares a lot of people because some people are really very serious and they find me to be too silly and, and that's fine. Then that means we're not supposed to work together and I have no problem with that, but that's, that's just who I am and that personality. So trying to get people to connect with me more and trying to reach out. And I don't really, I have never reached out to someone to say, would you like my photography services or to try to talk to them about that? Cause I kind of shy away from that. Cause I also feel like I don't like it when people just reach out to me, like you don't know me. And then you send me something and say, Hey, would you like my services? No. Cause I don't know who you are. But if you're connecting with me the way I believe that Maria does, where you're talking to people and that type of thing, and I get to know you, then yes, maybe I will eventually want to, you know, purchase your services or whatever. But I just don't like it when people just straight out you connect with them. And then the first thing they're doing is they're trying to sell. Um, and that bothers me. So I probably won't buy from you if you do that to me. <laughs> but that's what I've had from LinkedIn. And so that's why I want to join this conversation and, and work with Mindy and that type of thing so that I can see what is it that's missing? What do I need to do to connect more with people? The faceless profiles have always been interesting to me, and especially in conference apps, because that's where I see a lot of faceless profiles. 
It seems to me that would be the richest part of a conference app, but it's nothing but those blue little circles with the gray silhouette and, and a name and nothing else. And yeah, it's really interesting to see it, especially on a large scale, a very large focused scale, like in an, within an app. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I just thank think you. that you can find out a lot more about a person if you see a picture of them. I, I just do. Mm-hmm. And then you can tell too, if you can connect with them or if you even want to connect with them. Um, you know, it's nice to have all the things about you and your business and what you do. But if I can't see who you are to connect with you, to see if you're someone that I trust, then I'm not going to connect with you. I'm not going, I don't want to work with you because again, what is it that you're hiding? And not necessarily, maybe they're not hiding anything, but you're hiding your face for a reason. And I need to, I'm a person that likes to connect with people and I can't connect with you if I can't see your face. Yeah. Yeah. It's very reasonable. I I think this the same way, because I think if we were in person, would you be carrying a potted plant in front of your face and walking around the conference hall? No, (laughs) you'd be here. So I I don't understand that. I, I don't understand that either. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you, Diane. What are you have been your experiences with establishing credibility or viewing other professionals as credible as someone who you might want to reach out with, to work with, partner with? I think that what this time has shown us is an opportunity to go back to what some people might call old-fashioned values like integrity, discretion curiosity, even patience with the process that we're going through. And on a space like LinkedIn, that's not always easy to do because there are different tiers of activity. So I went to LinkedIn probably more by design. I had started my podcast stories from women who walk about 20 months ago. And the feature of that podcast, apart from the guest interviews, were my 60 seconds episodes that go out Monday through Friday. And I had no platform for them because I was not on In Your Facebook and it wasn't designed for Instagram. And so I had to go to LinkedIn and I'd given up LinkedIn many years ago because it was just different. And I didn't need it in the profession that I was in. I didn't have to do any marketing. It was all word of mouth. And so LinkedIn was not a place that I needed to be or wanted to be. So here I am coming to the doors of LinkedIn going, okay, now what? And it was uh, one of my connections early on who gave me a goal and she said, I want you to have 500 connections by X date. And so I thought, okay, I would just trickle this thing out. There's no way you can do that. So then it became a process of figuring who to connect with, how to connect. And this was way before I met Mindy Rosser and took her wonderful workshop on all things LinkedIn. But this one woman was very helpful to me. And said, this is, this is the goal that I'm setting for you. You've got to go out and do it. And so it became a matter of actually uh, looking at the profiles of people who commented on other people's work and thinking, oh, I'd like to get to know them, or that's really, that's a great way to say something back. And I've always liked the smart ones, the ones who are articulate, who are really good with words. And so I would look for people like that, and I would put together a message as long as however many word characters we were allowed. And I would send it out. This is who I am. This is how come I'm reaching out to you. Would you, would you like to connect? And that's how it started. And I reached the goal of 500 and then I just kept going. And it got to a point where I don't do that as much anymore because people are reaching out to me. So I felt like that was the beginning of figuring out the way inside this platform and finding the people that I aligned with more than others. And so seeking their work out when their posts every day. And so it's been a gradual process. It's like being the new kid in school, you know, getting to know who your classmates are, who's on the sport team, if you're going to be there. It's, it's having patience with the process I think that's really important. And 
in the process of doing this, getting the um, 60 seconds out on LinkedIn, I found that people were reaching out to me to remark on that or to comment on that. And as a result of all of that, I've collaborated with people. I've done holiday programs. I've been a guest on podcasts. I found guests. I think all of my guests have come from LinkedIn. And so all of that, I feel like it was like a backwards process in a way because I didn't get the proper picture. And I do agree with you that the the picture says it all. The eyes have it very definitely. Um, You can tell something about the character of the person from the type of of the photograph that they chose and also whether they're looking at you. So I got that up, but it was when I took Mindy's course that I realized the gravitas of your whole profile. And once I took the course, then I did all of my due diligence on the profile. (laughs) It was huge. It was a ton of work. It was just absolutely a ton of work to do all the things that I had to do to get the about and the message and the features and the publications and the who am I, where am I from? But the very good part of that was as you go through the process, you have to clarify for yourself, what's it for, who's it for, and how come it matters? Really, really worth it. And because I did that, then I can turn it around to the uh, website, which is being reconfigured. And now there will be consistency between the website, between the LinkedIn profile. And that to me is what trusted and reliable also embraces is the consistency. I had, so I I have my 60 seconds publish at 3 a.m. Pacific time. So 3 a.m. Los Angeles time every single day. And I was late with yesterday's, with Monday's because of the holidays. Never do that. But I had somebody on LinkedIn tag me and say, hey, I'm looking for you. Where's your podcast? (laughs) Because Monday is Motivate Your Monday. So where is it? You know, I want to get motivated. It's Monday. (laughs) So I just happened to publish it and say, here, I gave her the link and here you go. But when something like that happens, you realize that even though you're not getting, you know, 20,000 comments and likes on everything, that's not so important, really, that people are seeing it, that the views are important, that people are seeing it, that the word is getting out there. And that, to me, is one of the big messages of LinkedIn, that if you're going to play on this platform, do it on a regular basis so that you are greeting people on a regular basis and people see your work on a regular basis. So I think that consistency goes all the way back to your question earlier, Tanya, about what is trusted and reliable. Yeah. That's my experience with it so far. Mindy, what do you find people do wrong on LinkedIn, not do wrong, but what do you, where do you think they fall short when it comes to this platform, which really has a whole different set of, of rules and parameters than other social media. And so what can LinkedIn do for professionals that other social media channels can do? And what do people tend to fall short on, fall short with on that platform? I think what it can do in answer to your first question that other channels can do, I mean, basically you can repurpose content. If you are posting content somewhere else, just know that you can have the confidence to post on LinkedIn too. So I think for a lot of people, the best first step that you can do is if you're posting anywhere else, I don't care if it's a blog, I don't care if it's a podcast or on Instagram, you can start posting and repurposing that content to LinkedIn. And I feel like that's a really good place to start if you're feeling like a little less confident, like, oh, I don't know what to post. Just repurpose as best you can. Don't copy and paste because you don't want those funky little line breaks. Like when you copy an Instagram post over to LinkedIn, you can tell. So just make sure you kind of look at the formatting. Try to match the formatting to what else you're seeing in your LinkedIn newsfeed, but go ahead and repurpose that content. I feel like that's a really good 
thing to do as a first step. Okay, I can post to LinkedIn. I'm just going to repurpose content and I'm going to start experimenting. I think that's the next thing is start experimenting on LinkedIn. Try to figure out what's working for your audience. What works for a lot of people on LinkedIn is a wide array of things that work on LinkedIn. And you really have to understand and start experimenting and not be afraid to experiment. Some stuff you try is not going to work like other people's. And some things you try, you're like, wow, somebody told me that this was dead and this works like gangbusters for me. You know, so for some people, like just posting something super short, almost like a tweet um, could actually work quite well for you. And I have seen that work very, very well for some of my clients, while others, they need to post more of like a thoughtful, you know, they sat down and had this like epiphany and they wrote it down. And so that really resonates with their audience. Others, images. If you, especially if you are in photography or that your business is very image based, images can work really well. And even though we've been told like, oh, be careful, it shouldn't be too casual on LinkedIn. It depends. It all depends. And you really do have to experiment to see what works. But for some people, those, those photographs, those images, if you are trying to build like a personal brand and really try to connect with people, I think like a theme that's come up is like the eyes, you know, today is like the eyes, like how are we connecting people with our eyes? Are we showing them our faces? Are are we showing them us in action? Like what is our face telling people? Because that is a way that we can like instantly build trust or break it one or the other, you know? And I think if we are not afraid, I think that's a key on LinkedIn. Don't be afraid to try. Don't be afraid to show yourself in action. Don't be afraid to show yourself at work, helping people, like whatever that looks like for your business, you have to show up. And you can't just hide. I think you also can't just hide behind one photograph. Like you need to show yourself in multiple ways. I think people need to see that just because you have, I've, I guess one of the mistakes people make a lot is they get like this beautiful, I mean, like it's a beautiful image of them, like in their, they're dressed up and it's, their hair is perfect. Their eyes, it, they look beautiful. I'm like, or handsome, which, you know, whichever gender you are. And I think those are great, but you have to show other pictures too, like you really getting in the trenches and not looking your best. You know, it's like people want to see all of it. And even on LinkedIn, like you don't have to look like you're in your professional gear on LinkedIn all the time. I think figure out what your personal brand is and then show lots of variations of what that looks like, because that starts to build that trust. It's, oh, you're like me. Oh, you have days like this too. Or, oh, that's what who your family is. I don't think you should turn it into like an Instagram feed or like a Facebook feed. You don't want it to look like personal Facebook. That's a big no, no, no cat photos, you know, nothing too casual, but I think showing little hints, I think of your life on LinkedIn is actually a very good strategy when done tastefully. So I think just think about your audience. How do they like to connect? Think about yourself. When you find somebody that you start like following. I would pay attention to your process when you start following somebody that you're interested in or that you see as like an influencer and you're like, oh, I want to learn from this person. Look at what they're posting and try to like reverse engineer that like, huh, okay, what actually just like sit there for 60 seconds and think what actually pulled me in? Okay, what was the initial post that pulled me in? Or maybe I've seen their posts repeatedly. Maybe they post a lot. Maybe they don't post a lot, but they post high quality stuff. I think just pause for 60 seconds and think about that and then think, huh, I wonder if this could work for me. How could I do something similar? Because what is attracting you and pulling you in and helping build that credibility for you is likely what is going to attract your audience and your people to you. And when I started doing that, I noticed a huge shift, I think, in how I approached LinkedIn and how I approach this marketing in general. Like, instead of like, oh, I have to post today. You know, what am I going to post? Let me dig up something from the archives. I got to write a blog. You know, I had this feeling of, I got to do it. You know, I'm doing it for all my clients. I should do it for myself. But when I switched it and I flipped it and I started thinking, huh, you know, what would excite people today? What would inspire them today? What pulls me in? There are, there are a few influencers that I really like. And so I pay attention to how they use words, how they use their body language, how they connect from a distance because we can't meet them in person. So we can't pick up on all those cues. And I started like figuring out how I could use that for myself. And I feel like the people that do that really well are able to always have a full pipeline. You know, it's like they they never are worried about like that next gig. They don't have that feeling of desperation um, that comes across because that will come across in your marketing if you're feeling a little too salesy. And I feel like they do LinkedIn quite well. 
and tastefully, but it looks different. Like just realize that LinkedIn comes in all varieties. Some people are posting like multiple times a day. Others, it's like once a week. Some people it's like once a month, but they post an excellent newsletter. And so you're like waiting for that next newsletter to drop. So figure out what is going to work for you, for your business and for your people. And then just take one baby step towards it. Don't feel like you have to like reinvent everything right away. Like, okay, what's the one little tiny step that I could take that would take me maybe 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes to make progress on that. So how did you come to become the LinkedIn uh, strategist that you are? I mean, did you start off doing LinkedIn or did you come to this from a different field? I came to it from a different field. Like I actually got really interested in LinkedIn a um, little over a decade ago. I was working at an a-, a marketing agency and I got kind of pulled into the social media side of things on one of the teams there. And I really enjoyed it. And I'm like, wow, we're like at the very beginning phases of this whole social media thing. But it was a little bit more focused on Facebook. So I'm like, huh, you know, I really want to get involved in LinkedIn. But I actually came at it from a different perspective because I'm like, ah, I want to find a different job that will actually allow me that space that I felt that I needed at the time for my career to progress. So I actually did a job a day challenge using LinkedIn. So what I did was I like I updated my LinkedIn profile. And back then it wasn't like uh, it is now where people got spammed all the time. So I would apply for a job a day every morning before work. And then I would actually find the person that I thought might be the hiring manager or in that same department or might be the decision maker at the company. And I would reach out and say, hey, I just submitted my application, blah, 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 blah. Like I would love to work for you. And I would do a little bit of research about the company. And so with it, within less than 30 days, it was like two weeks later, I had like three calls. I had one in-person interview, landed that job. And I'm like, huh, this LinkedIn thing is really cool. So I, you know, I did great in that job, but then I actually liked LinkedIn more and people started saying, how did you do that? Like, can you, can you help me with my LinkedIn profile? Um, I started getting all these questions about like LinkedIn. And so that definitely pulled me in that direction. Like, you know what? I really just want to do LinkedIn more full-time. So I got into, I got a couple gigs, I think just freelancing on the side just to test it out and see. I did other social media platforms at the time, but LinkedIn kept like calling my name and pulling me. There was something about the platform. I'm like, you know, everybody and their brother is like a Facebook expert, especially at the time. And I'm like, LinkedIn, I feel like though, has that staying power. There was something that I recognized in that. And then the professionalism to it, like the B2B aspect was like very, very interesting to me. And then I discovered how I'm like, huh, I can actually take this process, like how I got the job, the job a day challenge, and actually use that to help people fill their sales funnels and their sales pipelines by just being human. And back in the day, people were kind of like sales pitching all the time. Like the approach was like very bot-like, you know, send a bazillion connection invitations and then like, you know, hope for the best, cross your fingers. And so I really wanted to flip that on its head. I'm like, what if we brought that more personal element to it? It's human to human instead of like, you know, big giant funnel, like hopefully a person comes out at the bottom. Like, why don't we get really strategic? at the top. And that's okay if fewer people come through, but we're going to have relationships with everybody through that funnel. And we want everybody to feel like even if they don't do business with us or hire us, like they've had a good experience. And so that started to work really well for the clients I was working with because they're all in the you know subject matter experts, consultants realm, you know, technology CEOs. And so that relationship-based approach seemed to work quite well. Um, so yeah, so I've stuck with it since then. And it's been about a decade in LinkedIn, the LinkedIn space. I'm like, I don't see myself going anywhere soon because I haven't found anything that can compare to LinkedIn and the power of LinkedIn for professionals in this space right now. So from what I've been hearing, of course, is that in when building credibility, especially at a distance, being present is very important and being present in in terms of your photo, really people see what you do and who you are and consistency, having a consistent presence and also being being engaging in or being engaged with people who reach out to you and the people and being posting regularly, but also engaging in terms of how you respond to people through comments and all that. Now, a lot of these, all these platforms have the straightforward like button of some form, one form or another on LinkedIn is you have the option to comment or to like something. What is the a smarter strategy, you think? Is it mostly, is it commenting is better or just being engaged in other 
other ways? It depends on the post and the topic and also how the person. I think it really depends on that because you want to make a judgment call there. Like sometimes like I, you, the default is yes, always comments, always add a really in-depth comment to the post. And I think that makes sense if you have something really good to say, first of all, like don't add just a really cheesy comment. Also, it's good if you're trying to get on the person's radar or you really want to show your appreciation. You don't have to like write something completely fantastic or earth shattering, just saying, hey, I really appreciated this. This really spoke to me. That can be really powerful. So I think sometimes we underestimate the power of just, you know, a one line comment. I think it's okay to say those. And I've had people say, no, 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 it should always be insightful. But no, those are okay too. Sometimes we just want someone to acknowledge that we actually posted something that resonated with them and they don't have to say exactly how it did or they agree with this one specific point that we made 19.38 seconds into the, you know, into the live stream. We don't have to do that. I think just a simple something can be really powerful. I think also if you're kind of rushed for time or you just want to show a little bit of support to a post, give it a little boost, just liking it, giving the little clap, the insightful. I like to use the insightful one because most people don't use that. And that one can show like, huh, this really got me. So things like that, I think can be good. So I think based on the amount of time that you have, what's your relationship with the person? Do you, are you trying to get on their radar? Are you trying to really support their work? If so, and a comment makes sense, add a comment. It doesn't have to be really long. It can be short. That's fine. If you're really wanting to boost it, you can also share the post and say, hey, I just came across this post. Um, LinkedIn used to kind of discourage shares and like say, well, it doesn't help that person. You know, it doesn't really help their algorithm. So sharing is like taking away their content. But no, I feel like the more that we can share each other's content and post it, however that looks, if you believe in the content that you just consumed, share it, like it, comment. You know, there are a lot of creative ways to do it. And there's no right or wrong. So go with whatever you're feeling in the moment, whatever you have the time to do. Sharing is, for me anyway, sharing is that um, it, it's that human element that we don't have because we don't see sit next to someone. But the things that I have shared are people who from actually people who I haven't seen in person in a very long time and rarely cross paths with them, but they've sh- posted something or shared something, then I've turned around and shared what they shared. And I think just the act of sharing, there's a lot of unspoken support there, you know, depending on the the person, right? A a lot that's unspoken. Yeah. A share is very, very powerful. I think to the the recipient, you know, whoever's content you shared when they see that it's, it's very powerful and it has a different um, impact on them. Like pay attention. Like if somebody shares your work, you're like, they shared, it wasn't just a comment. Like they actually wanted it to appear on their profile in that activity section. Um, so I think take that and consider that as gold and really be grateful for that. And always comment, always say, thank you for sharing that. Even if it's just like a quick line, thank you for sharing this post. I'm glad you found it helpful, but always thank them and show that gratitude. Well, this has been wonderful. Thank you, Mindy, for the insights and everyone on the call who's shared their own experiences. Is there anything that anyone would like to add or any insight that you would like to offer to other independent professionals? Thank you, Tanya. The uh, importance of LinkedIn, since we're not handing business cards out to each other at networking functions and conferences and whatnot, is that your work is actually your business card. And if people see that the work that you're doing is consistent and reliable and trustworthy, and it speaks to the areas where you have experience and expertise and skills and time invested, then that has now become your functional business card. And so if you look at it that way, we have a little bit more range than you would have, you know, on those little tiny cards that say what your name and your phone number is. But it's flipping it a little bit and saying, my profile isn't just my profile, my my profile, my about, that's my business card wrought large. Excellent. Good point. Thank you. Maria. So I think one of my favorite parts is I love the integrity of LinkedIn because it is a professional's platform. And I believe people do honor that and the platform stands true to that. And because of that, it is a very 
specialized relationship building platform. And for me, it has made all the difference in the world. I have found it a safe space to bring credibility because of the integrity that LinkedIn brings. So I just honor, you know, LinkedIn and, and, and people that use it in a professional manner because of that. So, Well, I was just going to say that this was great having this discussion and, and learning a little bit more things I should take a look at and update and redo on LinkedIn. So that's my takeaway from that. <laughs> I got some work to do. So I need all the help I can get on LinkedIn. So Mindy, where can people learn about you? Yeah. So if you are interested in LinkedIn, um, just connect with me on LinkedIn. So just look up Mindy Rosser. It's Mindy with an I and Rosser's R-O-S-S-E-R. So just look me up on LinkedIn. You can join the wait list. I think the link will probably be close to where the podcast is going to be. Um, but you'll also see the link to the wait list on my LinkedIn profile. So you can go there and get on the wait list or just shoot me a DM, shoot me a LinkedIn message. I like to talk in the DMs. So this is something like if you're like, oh, I'm afraid. No, just send me a message. Like it's super fun for me. I love going through my DMs on the daily and just like connecting with people and hearing more about you, um, what you're interested in, what your business is and all of that good stuff. So that's probably the easiest way to connect with me. To learn more about Mindy, please visit the show notes. Here you will find links to her website, program and social media accounts. You will also find information about Maria, Letta and Diane. Follow the links to read, view, and listen to their wonderful work. My deep appreciation and thanks for Mindy, Maria, Letta, and Diane for being with us today. And thank you for joining us. See you next time. Talaterra is a podcast for and about independent educators working in natural resource fields and environmental education. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with friends and colleagues. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Tanya Marion.